up class this is optimus fields at my living truth and we're back for another episode we're at block height 695,346 and the current price is $45,818 per bitcoin Jester, introduce our guest floor awesome i'm super stoked for this one uh bap or btc bap on twitter uh, is going to be giving us uh, a presentation on Bitcoin wallets, the basics you should know. He's been a longtime member of Bitcoin Kindergarten, and I'm super stoked for this presentation. Cool. Thanks for the intro, guys. Uh, thanks for having me back on again. Uh, always great to be here. It's my favorite Bitcoin uh, podcast, publication, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, well, I think last time we talked about inflation, uh, that was pretty prescient because it was, I think, January, February, and now we're at 5-6% uh, inflation. And this this uh, this week's presentation, I want to talk about Bitcoin wallets. Um, and and it's it, the reason I mentioned that last one is because we're having a similar uh, kind of thing happen in the media now about the infrastructure bill and the, the regulations that are coming down. And so it's all too poignant to really start talking about self-custody uh, and not kicking the can down the road, uh, if you will, much longer. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy to just share some high-level uh, things that I think are important uh, with uh, when it comes to Bitcoin wallets. And we'll go through just to highlight. I mean, this topic is, is a lot more uh, expansive than I'm going to cover <laughs> but uh, we'll, we will cover quite a bit, so um, we'll, just, we'll we'll dive right into it. So today's agenda: we're going to talk about Bitcoin. Where are they? Uh, what are they? Um, UTXOs, self custody, uh, different anatomy of a Bitcoin wallet, and the different components that make up it. We'll talk about the different types of wallets: hardware, software, watch only, single multi sig some BIPs that have really made wallet functionality improve, and uh, then some general usage tips, which will be uh, really, I I'm excited to open that up uh, to all of you uh, because we've got some great, awesome Bitcoiners here um, that I'm sure are gonna have better tips or additional tips um, beyond what I, what I was thinking. Uh, and so um, let's get right into it. So Bitcoin, where are they? Right. This, uh, you know, I, I, I work at, at Casa uh, on the sales team, uh, which is Bitcoin wallet. And uh, a lot of times I talk with people and they're not really familiar that Bitcoin don't exist in the wallet. Uh, now, all of us like we're, we're all familiar. Yeah. But this is a, a concept that I'd be remiss to skip over. So Bitcoin don't really exist. And this is a quote from. Uh, Andreas Antonopoulos is mastering Bitcoin. Uh, raw Bitcoin transaction contains no coins, no senders, no recipient, no addresses. Uh, if you look at a Bitcoin transaction, the hex, it, it doesn't have any of that. And uh, 
the 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 concept of a Bitcoin is really more of a abstraction to use the network uh, for humans. And so these abstractions, uh, we track them uh, and from the Coinbase uh, forward and uh, nodes do that. And they're called transaction outputs more specifically unspent transaction outputs. So when you are receiving Bitcoin, what you're really doing is your wallet is detecting a UTXO, this unspent transaction output, and that it's controlled by its private key. We'll get into what that means. Uh, and most of these wallets, whether you uh, run a full node or uh, a lightweight SPV, uh, they maintain this database uh, via the extended public key, uh, which is where all of the Bitcoin uh, that you're well, that your wallet has access to will be tracked. So there are no balances. Um, all of the Bitcoin exists on the blockchain only, and your wallet is scanning for ones that you can move based on your private keys. So one of the talk about these UTXOs, these abstractions. So the only way Bitcoin are created is through the Coinbase transactions. It's the first block or the first transaction of each block and it creates Bitcoin. Uh, in the first era, it was 50, then it was 25, then it was 12 and a half, now it's six and a quarter. Uh, and that's that having uh, component which reduces the inflation of the network. Uh, but these UTXOs are remnants of the Coinbase uh, and all have a unique history that you can trace back all the way. Uh, and that is you know, why I call it a blockchain because it's nothing but these blocks chained together uh, and these history of transactions chained together. A uh, couple features about UTXOs, they're discrete and indivisible units of value. So they can't be partially spent. Um, now that might be confusing, but it's not any different than having a $20 bill. Uh, you can't spend a, a $15 of a $20 bill. You spend the whole 20 and you get change back. Uh, and so that is the unspent transaction output nature. Uh, when you, you will spend the Bitcoin in entirety in that UTXO, uh, and if it's more than what the transaction called for, your wallet will generate a new address uh, inside with controlled by the public key to get the change back. Uh, and all of these uh, transactions are denominated in SATs, our favorite unit of value. Uh, SATs are the standard if you didn't know. So now that we know what we're talking about, we've, we're really just tracking these abstractions. Uh, where do we store, like, what do we do with them? Well, you have a choice. If, you, if this whole idea of storing digital value uh, still sounds like a good idea after all that, right? then you're gonna have to pick a, a, a custodian uh, that can be someone else or it can be yourself. Now. We'll talk about a little bit of, about what the pros and cons are there. Um, you know, if without getting too deep into it, uh, it's beyond the scope of this presentation. But uh, the whole reason Bitcoin was created was to uh, kind of fix the problems that custodial solutions have uh, created. And so, giving your Bitcoin to someone else, those UTXOs, leaving your Bitcoin on an exchange like Coinbase or Kraken, uh, or putting it in a custodial wallet. Um, that would uh, that would be against the ethos of Bitcoin. Now there are cases where sometimes that makes sense, uh, particularly if you know you're looking to take a loan 
uh, and you're really exhausted all other options, uh, that can be appropriate. Uh, however, uh, there are a host of risks that come with custody. And the biggest one in my mind is seizure that could happen at any time is out of your control. So custodial Bitcoin in my mind is really not meant for uh, anything but small amounts or amounts that you're using for financial instruments through some other method. Um, but if you're holding these UTXOs and you, you realize the benefits of Bitcoin long-term, you should really self-custody these UTXOs, these abstractions of value. Uh, and the way you do that is by creating a wallet. And you'll have to hold that wallet yourself because if you're not the custodian, the Bitcoin are in your custodian's wallet, or they're not really in the wallet, they're on the network, but uh, they're under the control of your custodian. So uh, you wanna have control because only when you control uh, can you not trust. If you have a custodian, you require trust. Uh, but Bitcoin's ethos is don't trust verify. Uh, and so really to get the true full benefits of Bitcoin's native asset uh, as a bearer, native, native properties as a bearer asset, you have, to, you have to really hold your own coins. No keys, no cheese, I think is how some of uh, what Bitcoin's A says. So if you decide to hold your own wallet or to hold your own Bitcoin in your uh, own UTXOs and private key that you control, you should probably know how a wallet works. So um, these are the high level things that you really need to know that again, it's, it's a lot more expansive than, than just this, but you know, this is kindergarten, this isn't Bitcoin college. So, um, the public key and the private key are the things that you'll hear a lot uh, throughout the next couple slides. So this wallet is really an interface to manage UTXOs, which is what we've been talking about that interact with the Bitcoin blockchain. Um, your private key is used to spend Bitcoin. It's generated through entropy uh, and it's hash for cryptography. And you can use that device or sorry, you can create that, uh, that key um, with a device through like random number generation and through firmware. But again, to stick with the core ethos of Bitcoin, you can create your own random entropy by flipping a coin 256 times. Uh, in fact, a couple of weeks ago, kindergarten had, uh, I, I forget the guy's name, Jim, Jimbo, uh, with a deck of cards and, and creating private keys through random shufflings of cards. So, um, first thing you're going to need in a Bitcoin wallet is a private key. Once you create that private key, then, uh, you'll be able to generate a public key from it. And that public key will be what you use to receive Bitcoin. So private key spends it, public key receives it. Uh, and that controls your address generation. Uh, old, very old Bitcoin addresses, like some of the ones Satoshi used originally, paid to public key, uh, but it's not really advisable from a privacy standpoint. So uh, these days, pretty much everything is uh, derived to addresses uh, from that public key. And uh, your public key scans the blockchain for all the UTXOs to create this abstraction of a balance. We're going to get into this slide. It's a lot of meat on here. So uh, back in the day, I, like I mentioned, older types of wallets, uh, they were non-hierarchical or non-deterministic, which means you had to have a different seed word for each public key. Uh, and you don't want to reuse addresses, so it became an issue. Uh, and then hierarchical, hierarchical, gosh, that's a hard one, hierarchical deterministic wallets, HD wallets, that's why they use HD, uh, came about. And... 
This was a big breakthrough because it really allowed you to create a bunch of different public keys from a master seed. So if you have interacted with a Bitcoin wallet previously, uh, you've probably heard the word seed word, and this is a hierarchical deterministic uh, part of that BIP, um, Bitcoin Improvement Proposal. So uh, the HD wallet has this master key M and child derivation paths, uh, M dash uh, slash zero, and BIP32 allowed for two to the 32 power uh, of children keys to be derived by each. So you can have a lot of wallets controlled by the same seed. And that seed, again, whether it's cards generated on a ledger device or a treasure device or a cold card device or uh, on a paper wallet based on your favorite rap song, do not do that, by the way, uh, then that is what controls it all. And it controls all the child keys beneath it. So uh, that's the entropy uh, that you generate. And so that's the only data required to actually get access to the wallet. Uh, now, within that, there are some further details. The XPUB and XPRV, PRIVE, I guess is how you'd say that. Uh, the XPRV, XPRIVE is, if a single private key is leaked, uh, you can lose those funds. But if your XPRIVE leaked, it leaks all of the uh, wallets that are derived as child keys beneath that. Uh, similarly, the XPUB, though, that is for the all of the addresses that are derived beneath that. So we'll talk about what this XPUB is, and you'll really more so interact with the XPUB uh, in day-to-day -day use, um, and we'll talk about where it went. Uh, there's also a feature, BIP39, master private keys. Um, so this is a new XPRV, this new master private key for each additional passphrase. So you can use the same seed, add a new uh, passphrase, and make it a totally different wallet. Uh, now, finally, master fingerprint. Honestly, I'm not. This is. I'm kind of iffy on this top on this this feature uh, of the wallets. So, we'll open it up at the end for comment on. But um, this master fingerprint is essentially just a hex of the uh, different pub keys in your wallet uh, and can help you identify the unique derivation path uh, if you have if you have a bunch of different wallets under one seed word. Yeah, to, to, hold, hold, hold on a second. Yeah. The, the, the master fingerprint only applies. Oh my God. Okay. So the master fingerprint only applies essentially to the specific hardware wallet. If you're trying to sign a multi-sig transaction for like for it, like for example, like on, on the cold card, right? If you, if you use a cold card as one of the seeds, right? The only way that the cold card knows that it's part of that multi-sig setup is through that master, that master fingerprint thing that you're talking about. That's what it's for. Perfect. Cool. Because that's exactly what we're going to get into next. Okay. Uh, sorry. And, I thought you weren't going to explain it. My bad. No, 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 no. I, uh, that, that, that is great. I, I wasn't going to get into detail in that, that degree, but we'll talk about coordination setups uh, and multi-sig. Um, so we've talked about the different features of the wallet and, and thank you. Thank you Diego, for, for mentioning that, uh, and elaborating. Um, we talked about the different features of the wallet. And so now let's get to the different types of wallets. So software and hardware. Uh, software wallets are, are are common, but they're not secure. Um, you just download one. It's it's called a hot wallet. Uh, it generates the private key typically on uh, on the device. And if it's compromised, if you don't have a good backup, it's gone. Uh, similarly, if someone gets it, 
they can get access to your Bitcoin and it's gone. So not really great for long amounts or large amounts. Um, hardware devices though, hardware wallets, they, you know, require, you have to buy them. So they're not free, uh, but you could probably get one for free if you really look for it uh, from a friend and you could have a more secure setup. So you should always buy these like factory sealed. So I'm thinking like, no, I shouldn't say <laughs> you should always buy them factory sealed and, and make sure the tamper proof, uh, they're in the appropriate tamper proof packaging. Um, but these devices are physical flash drives, you know, if you will, like USB devices that are meant for one thing and one thing only, which is storing that, uh, wallet information, particularly keeping the private key secure. Uh, it does add a physical element of your to protection, whereas your, you know, your seed words could be on the phone. Uh, your phone could be anywhere. The hardware wallet would usually stay uh, in, in a place unless you're going to bring it, you know, unless you'd be needing it. Uh, so it requires that physical access, uh, but it's still not the best because uh, they're subject to malfunction, uh, firmware issues and other things. But these are called these cold storage wallets. Uh, some of my favorite hardware wallets uh, that just named three here. Uh, all of these are air gapped, which is um, best practice. It doesn't plug your device in. Uh, you, you do it, two of these, the foundation and the keystone, uh, do it through QR and the cold card does it through memory card. Uh, you can do the memory card for the foundation too, but uh, these devices are pretty slick. A uh, cold card allows you to generate, I think you can generate your own entropy. I haven't done it myself. Um, but these would be some Bitcoin only hardware wallets. Although I think actually Keystone has other support and, but you can download Bitcoin only firmware for it, which I would recommend as this, you know, we stick to Bitcoin. Um, now hardware and software both have the pros and cons, uh, but this feature called watch only wallets is sort of a best of both worlds. Um, because you can import your public key that ex XPUB, that extended public key into a software wallet and be able to interact with the wallet uh, without putting your private key on that device. So you get the convenience with the security of hardware. So what you would do is just copy the extended public key and paste that in and import it. And then you'll be able to receive Bitcoin and generate addresses on your phone. Um, and But in order to be able to spend out of that wallet, so if someone were to get it, They'll have to have that physical hardware device in their control. Uh, and the QR signing makes it super easy to, uh, to, to do so. Um, I have this video, it's like three minutes long, so I don't know if it makes sense to play it. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you think, Optimus? It's like two, three minutes. It's how to pair uh, if, a- If you want uh, to, bro. If, if it enhances your presentation, then that's cool. I don't think we need it, um, but this, if you can look this up, the how to set up a watch only wallet with Blue Wallet. Um, Blue Wallet is free open source software. I love it. Um, it works with pretty much all of the major hardware uh, wallet manufacturers. They have lightning support too, which we're not really gonna get into in this presentation. Um, but this, uh, this is a really sweet guide here. Uh, it's just as easy as scanning and importing it and then you keep the private key on this device uh, and you'll be able to interface with your wallet just on your phone though. Um, so these, all these wallets we've been talking about so far, they're called single signature wallets. Um, single sig is great, but there's issues, right? Because there's a single point of failure. So you lose a key, uh, 
uh, or a key, the key is compromised, um, or your backup of that key is compromised, it's bye-bye to your Bitcoin. And if you're as bullish on Bitcoin as, as we are in this channel, um, that's, you know, at a certain point, when you get enough Bitcoin, that's not really a risk that you should be comfortable with in my, in my mind. Um, and so while single key uh, hard wallets are good, or single key hardware and watch only wallets are good, at a certain level of wealth, particularly when you're storing, you know, multiple coins, uh, when you get to that level of balance, you're going to want to look at multi-sig. Multi-sig is really just an evolution of single sig. Um, it, it, it removes these points of failures. And uh, what you do, you know, is pair uh, multiple public keys together and essentially create a script, a redeeming script. And as long as majority of those or whichever quorum you set threshold of those are achieved, then you'll be able to spend the Bitcoin out of the wallet. So multi-sig really allows you to remove that single point of failure. It also allows for geographic distribution, something that really single sig just can't deliver. Uh, that means that putting, you know, if you have, let's say a three key setup, a two of three multi-sig setup, that means that there are three private keys in the, in the quorum and two are required to move funds. And what you can do is actually geographically separate these keys so to prevent physical attacks. Right, so you can go through this whole key hardware setup and keeping it all secure. But if someone comes to the safe and gets it, or they, you know, they come to you uh, with with a weapon, um, it, that can be an issue, um, physical threat. But with multi-sig, you have this geographical distribution to where you can physically pl place these keys across the country, across the world, if you need to, to perhaps even protect you from a, a nation-state attack. Uh, where you place, you know, multiple keys in different sovereign uh, jurisdictions where the government doesn't have, uh, you know, the ability to, to, to come and get them. And so you can do some really unique things with this. Uh, it enables collaborative custody too, uh, in that kind of, cause you can't be everywhere at once. So you, if you're a company, you, you can't really have single signature security because the CFO could just hightail out with all the, all the funds at any time. And that's just not ask Michael Saylor if he's okay with that. So, um, multi-sig allows this like multi-party collaborative custody where, uh, no person can be a point of failure, right? Now we probably don't think too much about this because we're just storing our individual wealth. Um, but for a company that's going to be storing Bitcoin, this will be more common and multi-sig is all but a requirement in that case, uh, to avoid key man risk. Um, and so that is a pretty unique feature. And finally, inheritance planning. Um, there's a challenge with single signature wallets where if you die without giving access or instructions of your single key, then your heirs may not get your Bitcoin. But at the same time, if you don't give them instructions and access, um, they're definitely not going to get it. So what you can do in multi-sig is provide this sort of minority custody where you get a third party involved and you're able to give your heir partial custody, but not enough to achieve the full quorum. So in a two of three setup, let's say, 
you have one key yourself, one key with your estate attorney, and one key with your heir. Um, and if your heir were to die, I mean, if you were to die, your heir could then work with the estate attorney to recover the device, the funds. Now, there's more complicated setups than that. That's a very simple one. Um, or you could do it with, you know, there's all kinds of different stuff. But I'm actually going to do another kindergarten presentation entirely on multisig uh, because it's just such a, a, a deep topic and, and there's a lot of nuance to it. Uh, just as Nico mentioned about the master fingerprint, that's like one thing that, you know, I wasn't even super familiar with. So um, there's just so much there to cover that I really want to give a whole a whole presentation on it. So come back in, I don't know, a month, two months, whenever I can get uh, scheduled with these guys and we'll have uh, a, another powwow on that. Um, and so really excited to, to, to see how that evolves uh, and particularly what Taproot has for multi-sig there's a musig coming out which is a musig is a protocol uh for creating taproot multi-sig public keys uh and this is special because it hides the fact that it's multi-sig altogether from the blockchain or from um yeah yeah from the blockchain or to outside observers and so uh, typically now there's this problem where if you have a complicated multi-sig setup it really doxes a lot of privacy uh heuristics because you're revealing what type of script you're using on the blockchain. Uh, music will uh, get rid of that, uh, that drawback. And it's also going to reduce uh, the, the fees involved with multi-sig. And so there'll be significant privacy improvements and the multi-sig is gonna be bigger and bigger, uh, I think, as we, uh, as we go forward. So let's wrap it up with some tips, okay? I love tips. Um, these are actionable six, we're gonna give you seven, seven things you can do or keep in mind uh, to, to just better manage your Bitcoin wallets. So, hey, back up your seed, back up your seed. It's all you gotta do. It's not that hard. Your Bitcoin are your seed. If you don't have that, you're not qualified to hold Bitcoin. If you can't manage it, have a custodian do it. If you can't manage your own seed word, you're not confident, have a custodian do it. It's better to have a custodian do it than you lose it. That's a hot take, but that's how I feel. Uh, store your seed on mediums that are not gonna be caught on fire, that are not gonna be subject to a flood, that's not gonna be taken down in a hurricane. I grew up in New Orleans. If I lost my Bitcoin in Hurricane Katrina, well, it didn't, it wasn't created yet, but you get it. You get the point. House fire, tornado, all these things could be avoided um, by putting it on not a piece of paper, but steel. There's all kinds of different devices, crypto steel, bill follow. There's just too many to name. Um, those are some good ones. So uh, practice your OPSEC, right? Talk about Bitcoin. Let's talk about Bitcoin. Guys, we're all going to, we're, we're all getting girlfriends soon. Uh, but let's not talk about your Bitcoin. Never talk about your Bitcoin, your setup, your wallet, how your stuff is structured. Talk about Bitcoin all you want. I think it's great that we're all so passionate, but I see way, 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 way too many people saying, oh yeah, I got this amount of coins. Dude, no. You're making a huge mistake. Oh, I use XYZ wallet. No, don't talk about what you have. Talk about Bitcoin. Don't talk about your Bitcoin. More specifically, right wallet, right job. 
Use the right wallet for the right job. Watch only wallets, single key, small balances, multi-sig, large balances. Don't ever make exceptions. It's that simple. Don't make exceptions. You can use multi-sig for small balances, but the fees can be detrimental. Uh, the UTXO bloat can be a problem. So um, typically I say, you know, if you've got uh, more than a you know, a couple thousand dollar UTXO at current value, put it in multi-sig. And check your device integrity often. Uh, a lot of things can be prevented with proper precaution. Make sure your firmwares aren't getting way, way, way out of date and you have a problem later on. These things can be prevented by being proactive. Uh, also, make sure that your friends and fam, not your friends really, but Make sure your family members, your, your heirs, your loved ones who are going to be the ones that might inherit your Bitcoin, make sure they at least know what's going on. Don't, you know, don't leave them too much in the dark, um, especially if they would be the ones re recovering. At least let them know like what they need to know, what they need to learn. Use the new BIPs. Um, there's constant upgrades. Bitcoin's open source software. You can make updates to Bitcoin. Yes, you. Um, use the BIPs. RBF. That way, if you make a one sat transaction uh, and you underpay, uh, oops, you can replace that transaction. Use the tool, right? Use the use the passphrase, use the BIP39 uh, passphrase to make your seed where if you're going to go single seed to do that. But make sure that your family knows that it's BIP39 and they can figure out what the word is if you die. Segwit addresses, update your damn addresses. I see people moving millions and millions of coins on these one these addresses that start with one update them segwit has been out we literally have destroyed bitcoin cash it's over they wrote a book about it already um update your addresses to start with bc1 it's lower fees it's better it's makes the blockchain less bloat and uh or you know upgrade to taproot at least um, we're going to be upgrading another uh bit pretty soon bit 341 and all of these the numbers here are the BIPs, by the way. Uh, 341 is Taproot. It'll be coming in a couple months, like two or three months. And uh, there's going to be a whole host of features that are added. Uh, and I think it's going to coincide with 100K per Bitcoin, personally. Um, so let's go bullish on that. Uh, when you're sending transactions, scan the mempool. Um, Checking the volume uh, can help you save a lot on transaction fees and can help you prevent poorly estimated wallet or poorly poor wallet estimated transaction fees. So a lot of these wallets have uh, just copy paste libraries of uh, old fee estimation tables uh, and don't really do a good job of getting you to pay as low of fees as you could. Uh, but finally, you last two things, use the tools, do the work, preserve your privacy, run a node, explore the things like Samurai, CoinJoin, Wasabi, BIS, Stonewall, Payton. There's so much you can do. Generate your seeds through DICE. Like there's so many things in Bitcoin's wallet infrastructure and ecosystem that you, the more you learn, the more you're going to want to get excited and help build. And that's all this is. All of us, we're just Bitcoiners building shit. It's insane. We're all doing it together from all over the world. Uh, and stay patient because as you know, as a hodler or as we all do, Bitcoin, it's a free market, right? And low time preferences rewarded, lower time preference. Don't rush your transactions. Don't rush your set wallet setup. Don't rush your, your low-balling the transaction fees. Low time preference rewards. Patience rewards. That's what Bitcoin's all about. So we're going to send off here. 
yo, Bitcoin is going to rise from the dead like it has every time, uh, and it will again. Uh, it's not dead. And your boy BAP is here to help you guys. Uh, if you have any questions, let's go. Thank you so much for having me on. I uh, I, I love this show, and it's a pleasure to be on here. Ooh, BAP, that was beautiful. Great job, dude. Yeah, that was beautiful. BAP, 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 BAP. <laughs> Great job, dude. But yeah, man. Thank um, you, guys. I I think I think that 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 part um, that you said about multi-sig and geographically separating your keys, guys, that is the single most secure way to secure your Bitcoin. That like if you have you know a good amount of Bitcoin, or you know money's relative, of course, that's what you want to do. You never want to have you know. Um, all your keys in one location, right? Because God forbid, you know, $5 wrench attack, someone shows up to your house, right? You want to have it so that the attacker, right, has to take as much time as you would do, like, normally to access your Bitcoin, right? So, like, you want to add as many steps as possible. So, like, if you put up key, just giving examples, like one in, in like, a, like, a, like a, like a, like, you know, like a safe in your house, right? You could put another key, you know, perhaps in a safety deposit box. You could put another key and a copy of that exact same key at, you know, your girlfriend's house, right? And it doesn't matter because even if your girlfriend or even if the bank gets after your girlfriend, <laughs> even <laughs> if, uh, you know, even if, you know, your, your girlfriend like right? already got a girlfriend, <laughs> even if, if your girlfriend. <laughs> even if your girlfriend or even if your bank gets access to one of those keys, it doesn't matter, right? Because it's a multi-sig. They need at least if it's a two of three, they need at least two of the keys, right? So it's it's it that in my opinion, I think that if you leverage that, you know, the the power of multi-sig and geographically separating your keys, man, like it, it's my opinion, it's safer than you know, the golden Fort Knox. And, and I think that Casa and Unchained offer some really good services where especially Casa does the work for you. You know, they, like their, their app makes it so convenient to set up, a, you know, a, a multi-sig setup. But the only question that I had for you, Bap, is um, what's Casa's policy in terms of, of, you know, privacy in regards to pub files and IP addresses? What's their privacy policy? Yeah, um, you know, I'm I'm not on the PR team, so tough for me to uh, answer that the the way that I would uh, probably be guided to. Um, you know, the the public keys are 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 visible uh, to certain people who need to uh, when you're interacting with uh, Casa. Uh, on those levels, like if you have a client, if Casa has a, 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 a private key to your wallet, well, private key to which wallet, right? Like they can't sign for a wallet that they don't know which wallet it is. Um, no, but, but, they, but they, they, they have your pub files, dude. They know everything you do. They know how they, they know your balance. They know everything, you know, like they have your pub files, you know? Right. So they have the XPUB uh, of that wallet. Yeah. And totally. And I mean, look, like, to be clear, like I didn't mention Casa at all in the presentation today, right? This certainly was not like a Casa shill. Um, you know, it's that part uh, is why a lot of people choose not to use Casa, 
and, and I totally understand that. Um, that being said, like security is usability as well, right? And if you're looking for a secure multi-sig wallet and your risk is not privacy, but your risk is user error uh, or your risk is knowledge gap, um, then I would say that that is a trade-off that I would be comfortable making. Um, but it sounds like that may not be a trade-off that you are comfortable making, which is exactly why uh, there's all kinds of open source multi-sig software, which like I'm excited to do a presentation on. Dude, I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge, I'm a huge, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Casa, bro. I'm, I'm like, I'm a customer, dude. I've been a customer of Casa for years now. You know, sure. Lop, I've, I've spoken to Lop at length. Um, but like, you know, like I, I love the product. That that's the only, you know, the only thing that that concern. It's not so much the sovereign recovery because you can figure that out, but it's mostly the the what are you guys doing with all those ip addresses and pub files man what are you yeah, guys doing behind um, closed doors nothing that i know of man um you know we're we're a bitcoiners company um I, we we don't collect kyc information so if you create a casa wallet like you can you can sign up under um a, a pseudonym if you want you know um that's how mine is uh, in fact um yeah it, 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 the pub keys are known um but the private keys aren't, and I think that's really the more important thing. Uh, but you're right that there are some drawbacks to that. But, you know, it, it's like you got to make trade-offs somewhere. And if you are worried that your Bitcoin can't outlive you because you have to, you know, that's the trick about managing multi-sig, right? You have to manage all five pub keys and have the coordination set up and that master fingerprint that you were mentioning. No, but the, wait, 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 that's a 305, though, dude. 305 is intense, my friend. Right, right, right. I, I, I like. I'm a like. I'm a huge believer, and I know she she fucking rips me a new one for this. I'm a huge fan of 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 two of three. I think two of three is more than enough. She she believes. Uh, you know, you need five of twenty five. But no, I'm just kidding. He, he likes. <laughs> I think three. that's a little overkill. <laughs> no, 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 no. He likes. He likes three of five, and he made this huge argument about why three of five is better. But I'm like, I told him I was like, dude, but it's just so much more convenient to do two of three. I don't know. I like, yeah, I, I, I like personally. I like two of three. I think two of three is 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 overkill in my opinion. So I think, I think the the idea of two of three is that you have multiple redundancies. Of, so if you have two of three, you have one you have one point of failure that you can tolerate. But if you have three of five, you have two things that can go wrong before you lose access. So I think like it really depends, right? Like yeah, I mean. Yeah, but you, you gotta can, have a, a lot of coins to justify. You, you can mitigate that. You could mitigate that by doing so. You, essentially, so like, okay, so like, like I'll put it to you this way: like when you geographically separate your seeds, right? You can make multiple copies of the same seed. Do you know what I'm trying right. to tell you? In a two of three setup, right? And it and it and it and it essentially it has the same level of security because the keys are still geographically separated. But they're identical. They're identical keys. You get what I'm so trying to tell you. There, there, are, and, and I'm not like an engineer. I work on our sales team, so um, don't hold me to this. Uh, but there are ways. Like if you, I, I don't know how to do it. But if you were to find a seed word that is used in a multi-sig wallet, you could. To my understanding, like scan the blockchain for like a script that it was used in. Uh, even so, you wouldn't be able to move the funds, but you could potentially identify a wallet that's using that seed 
uh, as where it's one key of the setup and then be able to find that wallet. And then if you could find that wallet and notice some sort of like, you know, user heuristics, like, Hey, this person happens to send Bitcoin every Sunday at two o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, and then you maybe had some other additional information about the user. Um, you could use that to maybe comp, you know, put together a, a socially engineered attack. So, um, while I would agree with you that, yes, that does give you redundancy to your seats. Um, I think kind of the nature of even why, like why Casa, for example, like doesn't suggest that you back up all of the seeds, um, is because of that, man, I don't like, man, that, that, that's something that I fundamentally agree. They're, they're keyless set up. Like, I think it's, I think it's a danger because you're putting in like, because I know one of their setup, their setup is essentially, uh, for, for the gold membership, it would be your phone serves as one of the keys, a hardware serve, a hardware wallet serves as one of the key. And then Casa has the backup key. You're trusting Casa with two keys because you're trusting that Casa isn't putting any malicious software in that, uh, in that key that's stored on your cell phone. So I'm not a fan at all of their keyless setup. Like I, I like I'm a huge believer. Well, that's not true. So you can use two hardware wallets in the two. No, 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 no. I, I know, I know it gives you an option, but the, but the, the the standard. I know it gives you an option to use two hardware wallets in the two of three, but like I don't like that they're pushing this idea of this keyless. You know, like don't back up your seeds. I think that's that's irresponsible. That's just a personal opinion. Cool. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm going to do a whole nother presentation about multisig and I look forward to like digging in deeper to that. Um, yeah, it, there's a lot of complexities that go into managing a multisig wallet, which is part of why I think things like Casa and Unchained are so, are so popular because, um, you don't know what you don't know. And, you know, there's a big, uh, there's a big educational barrier. Uh, for a lot of people, like if you're like a 60 year old, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And like you have maybe have a lot, lot, a lot of funds and you buy Bitcoin all of a sudden and you need to get up to speed real quick. They haven't had years to learn the learn the ropes like we have and make the mistakes like we have. Um, and, and so, like, you know, there's always going to be services out there that have trade offs. Um, some are privacy trade offs. Some might be security trade-offs, um, which I know like Casa isn't. Um, there are convenience trade-offs, which doing your yourself is too. Um, so you know, I think life's all about trade-offs. And I think you asked me about why my name is BTC BAP, right? It's about balancing that equilibrium of opposites. So um, appreciate you uh, grilling me a little bit on that, Nico. <laughs> And I, I, dude, I appreciate you being uh, so candid, man. Yes, sir, man. Yo, that's that's why I love this show, man. We we all keep it real, and we we get straight to the, to the point here. And uh, I I think I, I missed a uh, I missed a question. Uh, it was a bit ago. Yeah, I got uh, it right Optus here, Bap. Yeah, okay, I got it. It's uh, this by Moses. He says, "Bap, have you checked the seed signer or the Spectre DIY?" Uh, yeah. So Spectre, uh, the DIY is that uh, hardware wallet that you build yourself. I haven't done it, but it looks really easy. Uh, I, I I think it like I'm all about doing it yourself too. So I run my own node. 
uh, as well. So um, I haven't been, I'm not, I haven't used either of those though, but I'm familiar with them. The seed signer is cool because you can make like a bunch of different seeds uh, for a multi-sig setup and kind of leave that one device as your, you know, kind of uh, ink master, <laughs> if you will. Um, super neat. And you can put it together yourself and then you don't have to trust the firmware. Uh, the more things you remove, uh, the more trust you remove, the better. Um, although I, I am a bit more of like under the camp of usability is security. So if you build the super complicated setup, it might be more secure, but if it's less usable, you're, you make it the opposite of intended effect. Uh, and that's where I really push back on these hard, hard, hardcore privacy tools. Um, now if you're you and you're, you know, a, a Bitcoin savant, then you should use those things. I think it'd be foolish not to, if you have the knowledge. Um, but some people want the tools and they're okay with some trade-offs. Uh, and like, for example, using a ledger device, like it's convenient, like using a Trezor device, it's convenient. Using a cold card, I would argue is way more secure, um, but it's less convenient. Um, doing a three of five on like Spectre uh, on your own node is way, uh, you know, it's like you control way more of the variables uh, than you do uh, with Casa, but at the same time, you're, you have a way higher chance of messing it up uh, and, and not being able to recover it if something were to happen. So, you know, I think like a, a good takeaway, like for this whole kind of like end of the, uh, this part of the presentation is like, it's really is like about trade-offs uh, and finding a wallet and that is right for you, um, right? Like I had a couple slides ago, uh, this uh, right wallet, right wallet, right job, right? Use the right tools for the right job there's lots of tools out there use them what are the questions we got anything else optimus the only question we got left is by our boy winicus when moon please sir me familia when moon um i'm thinking thinking we're still six figures by end of year um i think uh taproot six figures they happen the same day Color me Ooh, bullish. Let's go. Actually, I have one question, and maybe Nico and Bap can both ask or answer this. Um, considering that Taproot is so close to being activated, would you suggest people wait to get a multi-sig setup or get a multi-sig setup quorum going right now and then transfer it once Taproot is activated? Yeah. Um, mm, at now, it... I would say it really is dependent upon how pressing your situation is. If you can wait three months, it'll probably be easier to not have to redo some of the stuff, right? Um, but if you're in a pressing situation, it's not going to be that big of a deal to, to 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 swap it over. You can use like the same, you know, the same private keys should be once you update everything, you should be able to generate taproot pub keys and. Um, yeah, I if it were me, like I I already use multi-sig, but if I were me do coming in today, uh if I had a, a security threat that I was concerned about specifically, then I would go ahead and move to multi-sig now. Um if I wanted to learn about multi-sig and do it myself, I would go ahead and do it now. Um why wait? Uh but if you want to have convenience and want to just do it one time, you want to wait and make sure the taproot is all good and everything, 
then uh, I don't think you're going to really, especially if you don't have a threat to protect immediately that you're worried about, then I don't think you're in too big of an issue, but wait. But ultimately, do what wallet setup is right for you. Awesome, bro. Uh, well, Bap, that was epic. Your PowerPoint was gorgeous. You gave the people a lot of information to digest, and we can't wait for you to come back and do the multi-sig one, bro. We love you. Yeah, that was Thank great, you. man. Thank you guys so much uh, for having me on. Yeah, uh, maybe in like a month or so, I'm going to be moving soon. So, um, but yeah, let's 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 definitely do that in uh, short this year before the end of the year for sure. All right, cool, dude. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll book you up and we'll we'll lock you in for that one. Um, to everyone on YouTube listening, this is the end of this presentation. Head over to our Toxic Teacher Lounge presentation or stream. We'll be streaming in about five to ten minutes, probably less than ten minutes. So we'll see you there, guys. Thanks for coming out. This is Bitcoin Kindergarten, and that was BTC BAP. Actually, BAP, uh, show show your wares, bro. Show uh. Show your Twitter, where the people can find you, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I imagine that banner was up for a bit uh, on the Q&A. So uh, my, my Twitter is uh, at BTCBAP. Uh, it's B-A-P as in um, Patricia. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and uh, my website, uh, we cashmoney.io. Cash is in computer cash, C-A-C-H-E, cashmoney.io. Uh, uh, we are three Bitcoiners uh, at the moment growing. We have a podcast on on Bitcoin and investing, particularly value investing, called Value Stack. We're on Spotify. We're on YouTube. We talk about those types of things. Uh, we also do Bitcoin educational tutorial channels. In fact, we did a watch-only, how to import a watch-only uh, wallet using Foundation Passport, one of these ones we talked about in the presentation today. And uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter, BTCBAP. Um, I also work at Casa. So if you are looking for a handheld multi-sig solution, let's talk. So thank you guys again for having me on and appreciate you giving me my uh, my, my shill spot. <laughs> Thanks, brother. No worries, dude. Thank you, BAP. Uh, and that will be the end of episode 109. Peace out, people. Peace.